hope you're having a good evening. Yeah, so today we wanted to um, just have a discussion around the finance bill uh, 2022 and uh, the various tax implications. Um, and for today's discussion, we'll basically uh, mostly focus on what the tax implications mean for um, you as an individual um, or if you're running a small business. Um, we'll try and host some more sessions in future, which we can then dive into uh, broader areas um, about uh, just the bill and what it means um, for, you know, for, for the economy and um, for businesses and industries. Uh, but I think for today's discussion, we'll ideally try and um, keep it within what it means for um, you as a taxpayer, you as an individual um, citizen. Yeah, so thanks again for joining in um, the co-host today. Um, John from Ushuru, um, so ushuru.co.ke. Um, um, I, I like your tagline, John, John which says fluent in tax. Uh, so ideally, they're that, they're very fluent in tax. And today, they'll be um, sort of helping us try and understand um, the finance bill from a tax uh, point of view. So, um, John, uh, maybe you could say a few words. Yeah. Um, thanks, Eric. Thank you so much for um, this opportunity for us to collaborate on this uh very important uh, issue. Um, as you know, the finance bill is uh, one of the most important uh, pieces of legislation that uh, the MPs in Kenya pass on a yearly basis, on an annual basis. Essentially, the the basis of the finance bill is uh, to uh, basically uh, authorize the use of uh, taxpayer money. So that's why then Ushuru becomes an obvious choice in terms of figuring out... Um, you know, how this affects the normal monanchi, how this affects uh, foreign investors and also tax administrators. Um, so I think I think uh, just by way of background, Ushuru is uh, the leading online tax preparer. On an annual basis, we file between 4,000 to 6,000 tax returns for private individuals and for businesses. Um, we support people who are challenging Kenya Revenue Authority tax assessments and our team comprises of lawyers and qualified accountants and as such we're able to support you quite well. Um, I think uh, Eric if you allow me um, I could go through some of the salient issues that you know would touch on many of uh, you know the common common monenchi and as such you know it becomes important for us to at least highlight I think the, the first thing to mention is that this is a bill. It's uh, not been passed as an act. There are certain processes that need to go, it needs to go through at uh, the National Assembly for it to be uh, passed. Interestingly, the public has an opportunity to participate um, by giving memoranda to the National Assembly, to the Kenya Revenue Authority, and also to the National Treasury. You know, simply saying, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like this law changed, I'd like this rate lower, that kind of thing. So that, that process is still available yeah. to us. In the next few days, we expect the National Assembly to put out a notice to the public um, uh, requesting for memoranda on this public participation, which is a requirement under the Constitution. Right. So, I mean, if you allow me, I could go through just a few of the salient issues and then we could uh, take it from there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John. Um, but I think even before we, we start to, to look at the issues, um, I, I think we could take a step back 
Um, and first of all, acknowledge that um, I, I think this year's budgeting process um, has been different uh, because usually uh, the budget is read, um, I think, first or second week of June. Correct. Um, and then the finance bill is, table, is, is basically released and tabled in parliament after that. Um, but again, due to elections this year, we've had to, to, to you know, push that back two months. Um, yeah. Maybe just, just could you touch on that and sort of like the implications of what that election period has had on the entire budgeting uh, process? And, you know, wh what are some of the things that have had to be um, sort of uh, fast-tracked so that we, yeah. we for us to actually have the finance bill as it is uh, right now? Perfect. Yeah, so so just to go back, you see, for for uh, on an annual basis, the finance bill is read at about uh, you could say fifteenth of June, and usually within the East African region, uh, the ministers of finance try and uh, synchronize these amendments, uh, owing to the broader EAC arrangement. Um, this year, Kenya is unique because we have elections in August, and therefore, since this. Uh, Parliament is no longer going to be the same National Assembly uh, following the new elections. Then it became important for this uh, bill to be to be fast tracked. Now, just for context, in the last two years we've had finance bills and what we call tax amend tax laws amendment bills. Tax laws amendment bills, you could say, they are the babies of uh, finance bills. They are smaller acts that then also amend uh, tax laws, but the central or core legislation is a finance bill. Usually the process begins with uh, quite early. In fact, last year at about uh, November, December, uh, most tax practitioners were asked to uh, put in their comments or give a memoranda. So that began quite early last year. Uh, it, it began about three months after the Finance Act of 2021 was passed. Uh, that happened for a while. Obviously, government also engages uh, development partners like IMF, ETC. Um, um, it also engages people who would like to invest lobbyists, uh, accountants, lawyers, that kind of thing, before the finance bill uh, is then uh, prepared. So the, prepare, the preparer is the National Treasury. Uh, that This bill goes through the Finance Committee, currently led by Gladys Wanga. The, the, we, they receive public participation uh, memoranda from the... Um, they then uh, do about sittings and that is then tabled in front of the committee of the whole house at which point the members of parliament of the national assembly and not the senate then uh, vote for the different clauses after which then uh, the bill is forwarded to the president for assent the president has uh, an option to return the bill to parliament if there are certain clauses that he's not uh, happy with uh, we expect that this year this process will quite quickly Ordinarily, what happens is that the finance bill will have two days, two separate days when uh, the laws become effective. The first one would ordinarily be 1st of July, but this year we expect that that is going to be 1st of uh, May. And the second one is 1st of January in the next year. So most of these provisions, such as excise duty, VAT, ETC, most of them will come into force in the next one month if the bill is passed in its current status. Uh, but then the bigger ticket items like uh, maybe capital gains, ETC, uh, will probably come into force uh, on 1st of January 2023, right? Great. Um, yeah, so so thanks for just mapping out that, that timeline. Um, and of course, you've mentioned 
um, that the bill now needs to be tabled in the next coming days um, and that the public could have uh, you know, input uh, before it's actually signed uh, into an act. Um, could you please just give us indications on when yeah. that would happen or when we should uh, be on the lookout for that? Correct. So, so if you're interested in this process, just keep an eye out uh, perhaps next week for an, an advert either on Standard or The Nation uh, or any other uh, paper of uh, national circulation, um, giving you the details um, uh, to which you're supposed to forward this, uh, uh, you know, your memoranda. Often it's to the clerk of the National Assembly. So even if you go to the, Nas- to the National Assembly's uh, website, you're able to get the on email or on, uh, uh, on, on in physical copies. Then certain individuals or uh, lobbyists will be called to present in front of parliament. And as I mentioned, this we expect to happen in the next two weeks maximum. Um, once that happens, they will then go into the various, various sittings. So as such, you know, if you're if you're if you're interested, and this is something that people are encouraged to do, you know, you should uh, read through the finance bill. That's something that we can share with you uh, if you if you send us your email address. You can read through it. Uh, you can then look through. Uh, the, the the provisions that are there, either to challenge them or to enhance them, or also to uh, suggest uh, new provisions that you would like included. Um, you know, you could say, for instance, you, you'd like the levies on uh, taxes and levies on fuel to go down, and you give reasons why. So ordinarily, private individuals, companies, uh, business associations like CAM, Kepsa, the FKE, uh, ISPAC. Um, uh, LSK, all these bodies often uh, give memoranda, but this process is open to the public and as such you're encouraged to actually uh, put in your memoranda. So um, so do, do the suggestions from the memoranda um, actually, uh, are they taken into effect? Um, like, is it is it possible for changes to actually be made from um, sort of like memoranda that um, are submitted by private bills? Yes, yes. I know. I know. There's a lot of criticism around, uh, you know, uh, how how government works, etc. But you know, in our experience in the last uh, about six to seven years, uh, and we are really involved in this process. We've really seen uh, a lot of uptake in terms of the memoranda uh, that we either do on our own as Ushuru or the memoranda that is then uh, done on behalf of uh, certain certain interests. Right. So. So, so it's it's important to do it. You know, I know there's a lot of skepticism, but you know, um, what we've seen in the past is that uh, first of all, this is a it's a, it's a constitutional requirement for the National Assembly to demonstrate that they've actually uh, taken in public participation. Um, I'll tell you, even with you know the minimum tax, one of the reasons why, for instance, when it went to the High Court, it was it was quite easy for it to be overturned. Is because if you look at the memoranda that was submitted um, at the finance bill stage, everybody said that the minimum tax uh, provisions would not work, and therefore the 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 that the weight the 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 weight of uh, the public opinion really matters, and as such, you know, um, private individuals are encouraged to exercise that uh, that constitutional right. Great, thanks. Thanks for elaborating that. Um, so maybe now we could move now to you know to the key areas that you wanted to to sort of just have a discussion and uh, about um, that are coming into effect, uh, as you mentioned, maybe uh, as soon as first May uh, and the others uh, in first January next year. Yeah. 
So I think I think there are, there are quite a number of things, and how to think about this is that uh, taxes in Kenya are broadly uh, categorized into what are called consumption taxes and what are called income taxes. Consumption taxes are customs, customs duties, value-added tax, excise duty, that kind of thing. While um, in terms of your income taxes, you have pay-as-you-earn on employment uh, income, you have corporate tax, you have withholding tax. Those are the, broad, the two broad categories. Now, what we've seen with this uh, finance bill, which actually is a trend uh, around the globe, particularly in Europe, is that the government has focused on uh, consumption taxes. Now, consumption taxes, as I mentioned, include value of the tax, excess duty, customs. Now, unfortunately, consumption taxes hit the monainchi harder than income taxes, right? Uh, because they then uh, directly affect the basket of goods that a monainchi can access on a monthly basis you know, from their, either their monthly pay or their, their wages, uh, depending on where they work, right? Now, I'll just go through some of the headline uh, headline taxes. The first one is uh, 16, the introduction, the reintroduction of 16% VAT on maize flour and wheat flour. That's obviously going to uh, hit uh, quite a number of people because particularly maize flour and ugali is a staple in Kenya. Um, particularly for people in the informal sector, for people in the, the rural areas. Uh, basically, that becomes a real problem for quite a number of people. Um, now, there are, two, there are two ways to think about this. Earlier on, maize flour and wheat flour were exempt from VAT. Now, exempt means that the miller cannot charge VAT on the sale of wheat flour or maize flour. However, that exemption is not always a good idea. Because whenever you VAT exempt, it still means that within the supply chain of maize, you know, fertilizers, electricity, ETC, and all farm inputs, if those inputs already have VAT, then that VAT becomes loaded into the, the final price. Of, right? Now, when you then standard rate maize flour or end wheat flour, meaning it's now subject to VAT at 16%, it means that that uh, cost is directly passed to the consumer. Most millers will not uh, will not uh, take in that cost, and therefore this will 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 have a direct inflationary effect. Um, the other headline issues are like uh, are basically excise duty. So I'll take you through some of the uh, the, the big ones. So for instance, fruit juice. So for, for all the items that I will list, the the tax has only all uh, has gone up, right? So none of these taxes is actually. Has actually been lowered. So that's fruit juice, uh, cosmetics, bottled water, beer and cider, wines, alcoholic spirits, cigarettes, motorbikes, imported sugar confectionery, white chocolate, products containing nicotine, imported potatoes, potato crisps, and potato chips, electronic cigarettes, ice cream. Um, any amount wagered in a betting or gaming transaction and any fees on advertisements by betting companies that are placed on print media, TV, and billboards, right? So just looking at that list, if you were to look at the, the Monanchi, you can see, for instance, motorbikes, the excess duty has gone up to about 13,400 uh, and 3.64 per motorbike unit. That's going to be a big one. 
you will remember just recently motorbikes were not able to you know apply uh, Nairobi routes because of that incident that happened in here in Nairobi um you're also aware that recently petrol prices have already gone up uh, so you can imagine purchasing the motorbike uh, which many of these uh, people do on uh, on a loan basis plus running the motorbike itself will be will be will be very expensive for quite a number of people now the direct impact of that is quite obvious because you see as uh motorbikes into the the economy or the ecosystem you know it'll affect everything jumia uber sendi all these businesses will definitely be affected essentially excess duty is supposed to be ta- to be charged on uh, basically a syntax which is a reason or enhanced on things like alcoholic drinks cigarettes and cigars um imported sugar confectionery chocolates nicotine products but what now we're seeing is that the you know the the or you know the treasury is now going after ice cream um fruit juice cosmetics jewelry beauty products so you can see essentially what is happening is because of the elasticity of these tax the government knows that you know uh if you have a sweet tooth and you you like ice cream even if they increase the the cost of ice cream you're still going to buy now that's that that that's already it's a, it's a big issue for many people um some of the some of the wins are uh, vat exemptions on uh um you know the pharmaceutical industry you will remember last year there there were plans to for kenya to 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 be used as a hub to set up a covid vaccine uh, facility and i think that's that may be one of the reasons why this has now been introduced so basically what has happened is that there are vat exemptions on plant and machinery um and all other inputs relating to the uh, the manufacture of uh, uh pharmaceutical products so that's that's a, that's a big win another big win is for local uh, motor vehicle manufacturers what has happened is that there's now been introduced a new um vat exemption vat exemption on locally manufactured uh uh motor vehicles as long as they can satisfy a 30% local content rule and also an, an excess duty uh, exemption on that what we've also seen is that uh on the flip side there are two other things that have happened uh which have really caused quite a lot of uh, uh shock or dismay with, uh, within the business world the first one is that uh, it is proposed that um if you are in a tax dispute with the revenue authority at the tax appeals tribunal which is the first uh the court of first instance meaning should you have a tax appeal you go to the tax appeals tribunal first if you go through the tax appeals tribunal process and you lose you're then required to or at least the bill proposes that you will be required to deposit 50% of the disputed tax in a special account at the central bank of kenya before you have access to the high court obviously this becomes a big problem we expect that this will be challenged uh owing to its uh, constitutionality or uh, uh by virtue of the fact that it will this in other words if as a taxpayer you are slapped with a tax bill of a billion and you appeal to the tribunal essentially you need to deposit 500 million with the central bank that that is going to be a big problem um the other thing that has happened is that uh um capital gains tax which is levied on the sale or the transfer of land buildings and uh, shares has now been tripled in fact i was telling somebody in the office when i read the first time i i couldn't believe it uh, because it's now moved from 5% to 15% uh this is going to really hit for kenyan investors 
uh, it's going to have impact uh, mergers and acquisitions um, and, and, and foreign direct investment. You will remember that capital gains tax does not apply on uh, the sale of shares on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. And as such, you know, it could see, you know, the, the NSE getting a boost because then people would essentially more or less be avoiding uh, these kind of transactions outside the NSE. Um, there has also been the introduction of a 15% tax on any gains by an unresident person that arise from uh, financial derivatives. So the derivatives market is uh, is something that I've seen Kenyan Wall Street talk about. Yeah, thanks. Um, and actually, I, was just, I just wanted to come in and um, maybe just discuss a little bit more, um, especially on the on the capital gains tax. Um, if I remember correctly, I think um, a couple of years back, this was reduced from the initial 12, uh, I think it was 12.5% to the 5%. And now we are seeing sort of like a complete reversal uh, of, 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 of that. Um, and as you've mentioned, I think uh, that's really going to affect um, on FDIs and just investment um, generally in areas like uh, real estate uh, and the likes. Um, maybe could you just kindly um, elaborate more on, on, on the capital gains tax um, and the yeah. specific areas that uh, investors would be affected on? Yeah, so, so capital gains tax has, a, has an interesting history in Kenya. Um, it was first suspended in 1985 and was suspended for a long time until 2015, 1st of January. Um, it, it was introduced at a rate of 5%. Um, in fact, what we think is that um, the Revenue Authority or the National Treasury may actually uh, try and justify this tripling of capital gains tax by saying that it is actually less than uh, some of our East African partners. Um, you know, they'll say that, you know, at 15%, some of our East African partners, for instance, like Tanzania, is at 30%. Uh, the reason we say this is because even last year when... Uh, uh, the tax amendments, tax laws amendment bill, and the finance bill were, were brought in. There was a push to, in, you know, increase VAT on certain uh, items. And one of the justifications that the Revenue Authority gave is that actually, in the East African region, in West Africa, in South Africa, etc., the VAT rate is much higher than that. So we expect the same argument to be applied for capital gains in this scenario. Um, now, capital gains, particularly for companies, is quite prohibitive. That there are two reasons for that. One of the reasons is that uh, the, 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 the gain itself, the capital gain, is not adjusted for inflation. And as such, I'll give you an example. If you bought a piece of land, you know, 50 years ago at, uh, you know, a peppercorn value because, you know, the, 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 the Kenya shilling maybe was much stronger then. And it has now appreciated to 100 million now. You know, perhaps you have a plot in Upper Hill. Essentially, you will your 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 initial cost will be marked at you know the thousand shillings that you bought it at, and in in, in other words, you will pay for uh, uh, that inflationary adjustment, right? So so in other markets, we have different rules that are applied to then moderate that uh, inflation, but in Kenya, it's not it's not it's not being put in. So then that becomes punitive on the on the seller. So capital gains is the seller's tax, right? In terms of background, you know. Um, the, just in 2019, the LSK went to court to challenge a provision that uh, KRA had started uh, implementing on ITAX that required the seller to pay capital gains tax before the transaction is actually completed. Uh, this was challenged through a constitutional petition where the revenue authority actually lost. Um, it now allowed for, 
for the seller to only pay capital gains tax uh, if and only if the transaction actually completes. Um, so there's that, there's that dichotomy between the uh, transactions on the stock exchange and those that are not on the stock exchange. This did not come easily. Um, players and lobby groups in the stock exchange really lobbied hard. They even went to court to ensure that uh, this is not uh, is not uh, uh, affected because essentially they say that should this be affected, the Kenyan market, the Kenyan stock market will be will 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 take a really big hit. Uh, so it went through the court process before it was actually was actually uh, legislated, and as such, you know, you can see even for the for the revenue authority and for national treasury they were eyeing that big kick right in terms of uh in terms of uh, uh capital gains now MA transactions mergers and acquisitions which are usually very hot after an election year um we expect that to be dampened in 2023 and uh, the later months of 2022 because of this uh, significant tax however we expect that this tax will be effective on 1st january 2023 so in the last months of uh of uh, this year, we expect that there's going to be quite a lot of improved uh, M&A transactions. Now, for companies, capital gains tax applies on almost any asset that you sell. It uh, doesn't apply, for instance, for you know your usual business assets like cars, ETC, machinery, but it applies to things like software, it applies to things like goodwill. So then it becomes quite punitive for companies because there's a broader remit of capital gains tax for companies compared to individuals. And for individuals, there are quite a number of uh, tax exemptions that have already been provided. So, for instance, if you live in uh, your own home for the last three years before you sell it, you know certain uh, plots of land within the rural areas are not subject to capital gains tax. So then it it, it seems to be a bit lighter for individuals compared to to uh, companies. Thanks, thanks. I think that that gives us a clear, uh, you know, just understanding um, on capital gains. Um, yeah, and as you've mentioned, I think. Um, just looking at how that would impact the M&A activity um, towards the end of the year and maybe um, just people trying to to make sure that they're able to to tie up what they can or to uh, finalize the deals that they can before uh, before the new year. Um, I, I think maybe then the other thing um, that we can we can look at uh, maybe from from the bill. Um, I you mentioned. Um, gains on uh, for foreign uh, individuals uh, for any business conducted in in Kenya. Maybe could you just expound on that and uh, what that would cover as well? Um, so, so essentially, what uh, the National Treasury is seeing is that uh, with the continued sophistication of the Nairobi Securities Exchange, which obviously is a good thing. Uh, and the complex nature of new um, new transaction models. So, for instance, uh, financial derivatives, futures, etc., which are not currently available. And I think even within the African stock exchange markets, uh, these are new uh, new products. You know, excluding, for instance, the the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Um, what the Treasury is seeing is that these products are products that. Uh, particularly non-residents or foreigners usually um, invest in because these products are available in their markets, so then it becomes an obvious sell for them here in Kenya. The reason why the 15% uh, tax on gains from financial derivatives is being introduced is to avoid any doubt uh, that these gains are taxable. Generally, they would be taxable, 
Now, if you look at how income tax is levied uh, for locals and for foreigners or tax residents and non-residents, you know, with a, with a resident, it's very easy to get them. You know, this person operates on River Road, this person operates in Meru, that kind of thing. A non-resident is more fluid. You know, this person could be anywhere, really. Now, because of that, the model on income tax that is applied on uh, non-residents is called withholding tax. And the burden of collecting it is on the person who is paying that uh, non-resident. So, for instance, withholding tax, you know, if you're my consultant and I pay you 100,000 shillings, if you're Kenyan, uh, you're a local... Uh, you're a, you're a, you're a you know, resident person, tax resident person, I'll withhold 5%. If you're, if you're a foreigner or non-resident, I'll withhold 20%. So that that responsibility is placed on the, on the Kenyan person who is paying because it's very difficult for them. So the reason why this is, uh, is, 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 it's basically being clarified because how the, the Income Tax Act works here in Kenya is that there are certain specified sources of income that are subject to tax. And if the income then is not specified, then it is not subject to tax. So for instance, capital gains tax, um, you know, income tax, uh, tax on interest, tax on employment income, tax on agriculture, tax on interest. So those are what are, what we broadly call the specified sources of income. So for instance, you know, inheritance tax for a long time before 1st of January 2015, capital gains tax was not applicable. So this clarification is to make sure that going forward, as these new products are being introduced in the securities exchange, then they are covered and the the, the revenue authority has uh, authority to collect tax. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, so at this point, to anyone who's in the audience and you'd like to ask a question, um, just raise your hand or request to speak and we'll be able to bring you on. Um, so, John, I would also want to, to look at uh, an amendment that was made um, specifically um, in regards to uh, employees' share ownership plans. Um, I, I know there was some amendments around that. Could you just uh, also please elaborate that and um, sort of like the implications, especially for startups that um, offer uh, ESOP as a way to incentivize um, early employees? Yeah. So, 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 what has happened now? So, an an employee share ownership plan is a a specialized way in which um, companies incentivize uh, long-serving employees who participated in the, you know, the growth of the company, right? So, you know, you're aware Equity had this kind of thing. There are quite a number of tech startups that have uh, have ESOPs. Um, what uh, what happens is that essentially you're told, you know, uh, in the next four years, if you perform uh, well, we'll give you a salary bonus, we'll give you 40,000 shares uh, in, in this company, depending on performance. Now, if you look at that, what was being clarified in the act, right, is, uh, is, is uh, the time at which the tax will be due, right? So... Essentially, it's a question between the time when you receive uh, ownership of the shares and the time at which that uh, ownership or the value is exercised, at which point now you will then look at the differences between the, the value at the time when the, the share option is exercised by the employee and at the time when they got it. Because what the law is basically saying is that you have then received a capital appreciation of your stock between the time when you actually got it and the time when you actually exercised it, meaning you sold it 
or you move to an, another company and you know you are able to to cash out so that's what was being clarified the reason why this was being clarified is because the law was very unclear and many companies were getting away with uh, uh well not companies but employees essentially were getting away with uh, uh lower taxes because of the differences in terms of when tax accrues you know so for the the, the longer period you hold the shares the higher the chances of uh, a higher appreciation and therefore higher tax being due now what we expect to see is uh, there may also be a a push uh, or a push and pull really a tug of war between whether that increase in value is a capital gain or is subject to employment uh, taxes so capital gains are at uh, uh, 5% for now they could go to up, up to 15% but employment taxes at 30% the marginal rate. So then we expect that that's going to be another war, another tug of war. Basically, the Revenue Authority may say that uh, because um, you are an employee and you've received this benefit by virtue of your employment, then we should tax you as if you're receiving a salary or a bonus. But then there could also be an argument that essentially this has been the appreciation of our stock from you know 5 shillings to 30 shillings, and therefore the 25 shillings difference should be subject to tax at 5% or 15% should the rate go up. So I think that's the clarification that has been made. Thanks, thanks. So so ideally we could we could see uh, basically what the government is trying to do is is factor in the you know the, the debt at which you or the debt and sort of value um, when you actually started uh, sort of like investing those um, shares in in the company. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so then um, there was also some um, clarification or uh, I don't know if it was an amendment around donations. Um, and of course, this being an election year, there was quite a lot of speculation uh, as well uh, around the same. Uh, so maybe just could you briefly also touch on that? Yeah, no, I think I think there's a there, there are, most people do not understand the this uh, new provision, um, you know, in terms of what what it actually means. So just in terms of our background, Currently, you know, without the, the current uh, finance bill, it is the case that if, you know, there, there are certain guidelines that, are, that were issued by uh, the then uh, Minister Muiraria, the late, relating to how uh, donations can be taxable, can be tax deductible, right? So, so, so there are certain, certain provisions in the Income Tax Act. There's a legal notice that was issued, I think, in 2011, saying that the donation needs to be given in cash, it needs to be non-refundable, it needs to be given to um, an institution that has a tax exemption. Otherwise, if you you know buy unga and you take it to an orphanage, a children's orphanage, then you know that is essentially not tax deductible, right? Because essentially what if you look at the structure or the architecture of the Income Tax Act, you have two primary sections, section 15 and section 16. Section 15 tells you the business expenses that are deductible. Section 16 tells you those that are not. So as section 16, it was very clear for a long time that actually a donation um, that does not meet the test um, in, in, the, in the legal notice, the 2011 legal notice, then that donation would not be tax deductible, which is also the reason why you see many entities coming up with foundations, Safaricom Foundation, KCB Foundation, EPC, because then the funds that move from the the trading entity, like the bank, into the foundation, are then tax deductible for the bank, right? Essentially, what is happening is that uh, 
the minister or, or you know the, the the minister is is tying up these provisions by it's, it's another clarification really saying that donations will be regarded as tax deductible if the donor or the recipient charity is tax exempt or the cs national treasury approves the recipient project now then the last part is what is new or if the cs for national treasury approves the recipient project now that's an untested uh, theory nobody has seen how that works in practice and as such i think that is what uh, caused quite a lot of uh, discussions uh, online um you know regarding you know what is the approval process of this kind of uh, uh, project you know are there are there stop gaps and checks and balances to ensure that there is no abuse you know uh, you know people are even thinking about how this may affect things like political parties you know basically by opening up uh, that uh, recipient project issue out of the usual uh, approved uh, tax exempt entities then there could be some abuse and you know there's a rigorous process in which the Kenya Revenue Authority issues uh, tax exemption certificates it's very rigorous um you know you have there there are field visits you have to demonstrate exactly why uh, you're a charity why you should not be subject to vat that kind of thing the reason why there was quite uh, quite some discussion about this issue is because of the new introduction where you know the the cs is allowed to approve certain projects um where basically if you approve a project as being qualifying then a donation made to that project would be deductible for the donor obviously there could be uh, there's an opportunity for for that to be misused and as such i think our view is that while it's a welcome move it would be important for there to be certain regulations around this uh, that match the very rigorous process that the revenue authority applies in terms of uh, approving other uh, charities right so you there would be field visits uh, they would look through your books uh, they would look through your bank statements that kind of thing just to make sure that this is actually a proper charity that benefits Kenyan citizens and as such we would encourage you know that the same kind of scrutiny is applied in terms of the discretion that the cs is given around this issue um i think maybe at this point i'll just want to to circle back um and now put everything into in context um, um of course we've seen um the runaway uh, fuel prices um and uh, I, i think part of that is attributed as well to um the tax element um in the same we've seen uh, inflation again rise month on month um although i think uh, as at end of march it was about uh, i think 5.7 if i'm not wrong um what does the introduction again of now these new taxes be it the excess duty on things like fruit juices um cosmetics beauty products bottled water now mean um you know for the next month uh, in terms of just um general um cost of goods and cost of living no i think i think it's uh, it's 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 quite obvious we expect that uh, things will get will get tougher you see um first of all you know almost half of the price of uh, fuel uh, constitutes levies and taxes so that's obviously unsustainable um number two you know fuel is an ingredient to uh everything within the, the all products and goods value chains so a single shilling increase in fuel then has a snowball effect in terms of inflation um these new taxes are not helpful so for instance one of the big ones for us is uh is the one on motorbikes the that the 13403 um thousand that's you know been introduced on motorbikes you know 
we, we feel that, you know, already consumption taxes hit the, the small Monanji really hard. And as such, while you could say by introducing the 5%, the, the new 15% tax, uh, capital gains tax, then that makes it progressive, a progressive tax system, because essentially you're able to tax capital as opposed to taxing labor. Uh, because then when you introduce taxes on bottled water, beer, cosmetics, fruit juice, alcoholic drinks, beverages, crepes, uh, potato chips, etc., ice cream, electronic cigarettes, etc., then the impact is, is felt by quite a number of uh, people because this impact touches on a uh, set of goods that they can, they can buy. It will also go up uh, because of, you know, the inflationary effect of the increase in, uh, in, for instance, super petrol, which is now at 144. Um, you will remember that uh, last year from 1st of July 2021, you know, LPG uh, moved from being zero rated to being standard rated at 50, at 16% VAT. Of course, this is quite problematic uh, and, and limits the access of, uh, the mon- of, of this kind of thing to the modern energy. So then that's why you see people uh, going for uh, kerosene products, going for charcoal, etc. So, so looking at it uh, holistically, including things like the 15, 16% VAT on maize flour and wheat flour, um, I think these are some of the things that, uh, as the public, uh, perhaps you need to one needs to uh, put in their their views because you know their, their memoranda uh, through the clerk of the National Assembly, you know, just so that you can get your views heard, uh, because then uh, you know. It could get it could get unsustainable, right? So, um, and I think I think you've been hosting quite a number of economists who I think are of this uh, same view. Uh, but in terms of the economic impact, I would defer to them. But from a ta- specifically a, a tax impact, you know, it's uh, it, it's worse that uh, the the CS uh, for National Treasury has the authority to increase excise duty without passing it through. You know, an act of parliament, but passing it through parliament anyway, because of inflation. So, while we are already seeing rises in these rates, so for instance, fruit juice now is at thirteen point three zero Kenya shillings per liter. Uh, if there's an inflationary increase between now and the next maybe six months, the new CA is allowed to actually increase that value outside the Finance Act. Yeah, so this becomes a problem. Uh, because then it means if the base value has already been increased and the CS has authority to inc- increase that value by in terms of uh, an inflationary adjustment, then, you know, uh, Kenyans are looking at a tough, tough time ahead. Well, uh, I, I think you, you, you mentioned it could become unsustainable. I think most people already say it is uh, very much unsustainable. Um, but yeah, I, I like that you you know you're calling on um, everyone that's listening in to sort of put in their views uh, in the memorandum so that at least uh, we get heard. Um, but then um, just now more you know more from a from a policy um, sort of perspective, uh, what do you think could be done to to actually um, help or um, counter some of these? Um, l- sort of some of some of these uh new rates or what what could we do to sort of either reverse or try and um uh how do i put this manage <laughs> tackle the the new bills uh yes yeah no i think i think for us for us i think in terms of our own uh, internal internal thinking as ushuru the the priority should be the small man right which is why you know this kind of uh 
focus on consumption taxes is a bit uh, difficult for us. Um, you know, the, I think what the government should focus on is universal healthcare, focus on education, um, you know, uh, focus on job creation. Um, I think if we focus on those three things, then, you know, essentially what will happen is that you'll, you will have a bigger tax base that will allow uh, for, uh, you know, collection of even more taxes. But more importantly, you know, it's also important that institutions that fight corruption, ETC, are strengthened because then what that means is that we're able to do more with every dollar that we collect, right? So, you know, just looking through the different regimes, from the Kipaki regime into the new regimes, you know, we've been collecting more and more taxes. In fact, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, the Revenue Authority actually won an award about four years ago for how smoothly ITAX works. You know, I think that's that's well and good. We also need to be sure that, you know, our taxes are being used uh, well. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a collective responsibility. But actually, you know, uh, things like corruption are, are actually a big uh, hole in the pocket. The tax you collect, uh, if if you know that there's, there's that uh, revenue leakage. Now, one of the things that the Revenue Authority always talks about is expanding or broadening the tax base. Now that involves you know getting as many Kenyans as possible to file tax returns, and more importantly, pay taxes, <clears throat> because you know, <clears throat> sorry, many 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 businesses are informal. Um, many of those informal businesses make a hell of a lot of money, but that that money is not taxed. Right, so it's important that, uh, for instance, you know, the government makes sure that they're able to uh, show that they're using the the uh, you know um, taxes prudently, because that then encourages people to pay more tax, to register for taxes, which broadens the the tax base and it allows for uh, less impact on on the monarchy. So the reason why you see, you know, this kind of taxes increasing is because the government knows that you know we have x number of people who pay taxes we'll just you know tax these guys until you know uh, we are we are satisfied but you know that, that that model is not sustainable what you need to do is actually um you know um encourage uh you know uh, more and more people to pay taxes because then that 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 reduces the incidence or the impact of tax on each and everyone so you know on a, on a yearly basis I think the last computation was that, you know, about five people are filing their tax returns. So I think there's another almost six or seven million who are not, who are employed or, you know, who are freelancers or, you know, you know that kind of returns. So I think for us, from a policy perspective, that's really important that we broaden the tax base. We focus on the fight on corruption. We focus on universal health care uh, because then these are the key drivers of the economy. Thanks. I think that's that's really well said. Um, I don't know if there's any question um, from the audience as we sort of move towards um, the end of the discussion. Um, maybe, John, you could, uh, again, just expand more on um, the work that you're doing uh, at Ushuru, um, just for the benefit of the people who joined the space um, and, you know, um, what sort of services you offer, uh, both both for individuals and businesses. Yeah, so thanks for that. I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, what we've done is we've been able, we've been very fortunate to position ourselves as the premier online tax preparer uh, here in Kenya. We're actually thinking about uh, expanding into the East African market uh, owing to the success that we've seen here in Kenya. On a, on a yearly basis, we file, we file about 4,000 to 6,000 returns for individuals, 
uh, for companies and for freelancers. We also do quite a lot of tax advisory for uh, some of these M&A transactions uh, for fintech companies. And recently, we are now doing a bit of uh, immigration. So essentially, we are a full-service uh, tax firm uh, going into an advisory firm uh, with lawyers and with accountants. And at the price uh, price uh, point that we come in, you know, between 800 shillings and 3,700 shillings, uh, we we actually are able to service almost everybody, right? So, for instance, you know, getting a tax compliance certificate with us will just cost, cost you 7, 7.99 shillings. And it's an online platform, um, you know, friendly staff who are available, uh, you know, during working hours. Uh you know, so so we've been able to get quite a very good response from Kenyans, um, uh, and you know we actually like to to thank you for trusting us with uh, the work that uh, we've been doing for the last uh, seven years, and uh, you know it's 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 been amazing really. Thanks, thanks a lot. Um, so I have a question from from Derry. Um, so uh, he's asking, what does broadening the tax base uh, mean? Um, so the the economy has no more taxes to give. In fact, we are um, overtaxing. And then also, more specifically, to your <clears throat> to your question uh, around government spending on education and healthcare. Um, so he's saying that will not broaden the tax base. Um, so maybe just just your responses to maybe the question and the comment from Derry. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, I think that's a good point, uh, Derry. I think. For us, the reason why we see taxes always being increased is because, you know, uh, taxes such as excise duty and VAT do not always necessarily touch everybody, particularly the informal sector. And as such, increases in consumption taxes do not necessarily broaden the tax base, right? Which is what we are seeing the government doing. Now, we feel that um, increasing the number of people who, um, you know, basically don't have tax apathy and by tax apathy, I mean whenever we are filing a return for somebody, people always ask us, you know, why am I filing a return? And yet, you know, I know there's rampant corruption, it, you know, the, all the scandals we've been seeing. So for us, I think broadening the tax base could even mean, even with the current tax base, right, which, you know, is, is quite healthy, ensuring that by uh, strengthening institutions that fight corruption, we're able to keep more money in our pockets and therefore fund um, you know, these social good. Thanks. Um, I think Ndeyi was trying to connect um, to join the speakers. Uh, I don't know if he's able to join because I know he's he also had a few more comments uh, just to add um, to the question that he'd raised. Um, yeah, and being an economist then, uh, it would be good to also get his, uh, his point of view. Absolutely. There we go. Ndeyi, you're on? Uh, yes. Sorry, yeah. I was saying... Uh, of a couple of things that uh, I wanted to say that uh, I thought needed to be said uh, as an economist, or at least as a student of economics. Um, number one, um, and, and I think guys like Kwame have made this point quite a number of times, uh, where dear Mohammed, see, so, so we start from the, from the genesis. Why are we taxing so much? Because we, we are at the point where, and I'm sure the government actually understands this, that, they are, that, they are, that they are, their taxes are so high in, in some instances they're actually killing business. So um, it's really the spending, and because now they're at the mercy of IMF, and IMF is on the, that is dictating what can and cannot be done with regards to taxes. But the truth of the matter is we're we taxing so much, 
and we are and the one area that guarantees growth in an economy and that is uh, investment uh, that's where we are seeing a lot more uh, uh, i think i got a quote uh, earlier in the in the discussion where we were talking about um, capital gains tax moving from 5 to 5% 15% now that does raise the cost of taxes right um, with inflation where it is with 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 uh, where incomes where we are i mean uh, we're barely saving we're barely saving and you know what the inflation does to savings it discourages savings first what it does is it makes the country a borrowing economy it's a long economic discussion that uh, but but those, uh, the, why that happens but uh, i'd ask you to trust me on that one that's that's the the the, 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 the our monetary policy disincentivizes savings and it uh, uh, encourages consumption and 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 when you disincentivize savings what happens is that uh, you're consuming uh, tomorrow's production so we need to be very careful about <clears throat> taxation in fact in my in my view we uh, if if you're familiar with the laffa curve we are we are on the right side of the laffa curve where um our tax rates are so high that they they're killing the economy uh, slowly by slowly so what needs to happen with regards to 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 taxes is um the the, the economy has no more taxes to give it you taxes are paid by income right uh, so whether you tax whether you're taxing at income point or at consumption point at income you have the income taxes at the uh, consumption point you have got the excise duty vats and what not whether you're taxing income or you're taxing uh, consumption you still have you still paying it with uh, income right and in, uh, i can also go into inflation which is the other tax that government levies on us uh, through the back door we're using an entity called central bank of kenya but i won't get into that for now um so either wherever you cut it um, all all our taxes are paid by income by our income now what that does is when you the more you tax whichever tax you're raising you are disincentive you are you are you are you're taking a little away from savings that uh, you you that 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 should have been going into industry for example to create tomorrow's job and the other the other aspect of this of this whole discussion is um, what we are experiencing now uh, with also high taxes is what we call uh, forced savings because what has happened is the government has in quote unquote invested so much uh, sgr roads has put so much money everywhere so now what's happening is uh, um, because of the of the debt government took uh, to invest uh, and the reason they took debt is because we didn't have enough savings so now we, we resort to debt so the the debt that they took um, is beginning to catch up with us because the 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 investments that they made are not yielding the return that were touted when they were when they were when they were pitching the projects to Kenyans so now as a consequence now we are we are having to go to our traditional sources of income uh to pay for all this uh, infrastructure um that was that, that the government has put up over and above of course also uh, social and uh, social spending in education and 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 and, and healthcare Uh, and what what that's doing now is that it's also the, 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 because the anticipated investments around the infrastructure that was supposed to have come up um have not come so we are going back to the traditional investments to tax them um so it's it's because uh, it's a smaller base that is killing uh, you you you're destroying the small base that 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 uh, i mean when you're doing investing in infrastructure you're you're, you're telling us that Uh, you will grow the base by investment, right? 
but now that investment has not come so now you you've got this small base left and that's the one that now you are you are you are overtaxing to gen, to 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 pay for the infrastructure it, it's very sad because uh, a lot of invest uh, economists pointed that this this will this is exactly what will happen uh, it has come to pass and unfortunately now we must bear the burden now the question is how do we move forward and for me um, uh, at some point government will just have to stop spending uh, without that we'll never resolve this this issue uh, but we're also running out of time because right now what is driving spending is the debt um we are, we are because we're borrowing to pay for even interest we are essentially capitalizing the interest and anybody knows about uh, uh compounded income uh, compounding rather will understand what we're talking about so um we are, we we if the government has not less control already it is about to lose control and unfortunately taxes cannot resolve this problem that, that, that's all I have to say thanks 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 mm-hmm. for you know bringing the the economist view um, into the discussion um well noted uh, back to you john i don't know if you have um any uh, direct responses to to what neria said uh, or questions before we can uh, maybe ask for any more questions from the audience um no no i think i absolutely agree to our economists on the panel um i think the issue about infrastructure is exactly you know is a problem and it's a current problem not a future problem um as i mentioned i think you know infrastructure essentially does not um you know the you know the sgr for instance does, uh, you know how does it directly uh, impact the monanji right and if it does you know what is the time period for that so i think i think there there, there is a, a huge time lag between the time when the sgr will affect the the uh you know the guy in kawangware compared to the people who own capital in the country so then there's that mismatch obviously the debt um i think is a, is unsustainable which is the reason why you know government keeps juggling with all these uh, taxes uh i think it's a spending problem um and i think that's that's something we have to keep a handle on um the the horse has already bolted from the barn so we are now chasing the horse uh so you know we need to get creative about how we do that cool uh, i think that's that's a good way to summarize that would you like to maybe um as we um, sort of wind up maybe just give uh, a few uh, of your um parting um sort of like uh, shots on what we need to do uh, or yeah. um how we need to to prepare to manage um, you know the coming few months or years with the new tax uh, regimes yeah now um you know a couple of points um the first thing is that i encourage everybody to you know reach out to you know basically go to parliament.co.ke uh, you can get the email address to the clerk um write your memoranda to the clerk and uh, give your views um you know there's a lot of apathy in the country you know people think that there's nothing they can do but as i said the weight of public opinion really counts and that's where uh, political power resides and as such uh, my view is that you know one should take the necessary steps that they can uh, to make their voice heard um, um you know taxes are a big issue taxes affect everybody you know it's not like when people say they can avoid politics you can't avoid taxes right you know paying you're already paying excess duty on the bundles you're using uh you know electricity has vat so it becomes you know it, it, it permeates everything that we do so i'd i'd, I'd encourage people to be more 
uh, more present in terms of you know things like parliamentary discussions, uh, how these bills are passed, you know, what happens in the tax appeals tribunal because essentially all these things end up affecting us, um, and you know being better civil uh, citizens uh, because then that allows you to participate in the politics that uh, directly affects your life, right? I think as a, as a, as a parting shot really is that we are preparing a bulletin uh, that covers this uh, these uh, items. That we've discussed during uh, during this uh, uh, space. So, if you'd like a copy of that, you know, feel free to send us a DM or uh, write us an email to tax at ushuru.co.ke, and we'll be able to send that to you in the next uh, coming days. But you know, we are we feel very privileged to have had the opportunity to speak to you, and you know, we welcome um, you know further engagement on these matters. And you know, we are, our doors are always open. Great, thank you very much. Um, Daddy, maybe any last words before we close um, the session? Uh, uh, just thank you for this this uh, session. I think I learned quite a bit. Um, I, I think he's a, uh, I mean, Kenya, Wall Street, and Bushuru have done, and all the other speakers have done a good job in highlighting issues for us um, to keep track. Um, I, I found it a very useful uh, uh, forum, and thank you. Keep it up. Great, thank you very much. Um, so again, as I mentioned at the start, um, this is like the first uh, of a couple of um, uh, Twitter spaces that we'll be doing uh, together with Ushuru um, so, uh, and, and other partners as well and speakers. Um, so for today's discussion, we basically wanted to focus on, um, on the implications of tax, mostly from a personal um, or individual perspective. Uh, and maybe if you're running a business or small business, uh, we'll be having um, more discussions in future just to look now from a more economic um, standpoint what that means um, just to look at uh, you know uh, the implications to the economy uh, to the debt uh, as as Ndeli was uh, was alluding to earlier um, and would of course um, invite uh, economists as well uh, just to also give their view on the same um, yeah, so thank you very much for joining in, in to, for today's uh, session. Um, as I've mentioned uh, in my answer to RK, um, you can listen in if you join a bit late. You can play the recording um, straight from our timeline um, on the tweet that we shared uh, for this uh, for this Twitter space. Um, alternatively, um, you can download his app. Um, it's one of the co-hosts to this space, uh, and you'll be able to access these and uh, plenty other um, recording, uh, Twitter space recording and uh, podcast on the app, as well as an opportunity to invest um, in U.S. stocks and um, ETFs uh, right from Kenya. Um, so at this point, we've come to the end of today's session. Thank you very much to all the speakers that have joined. Uh, thank you for the patience uh, and being with us till the end. Um, happy Easter and enjoy your holidays.